0: Radio Network. And now, chewing the fat with Jeff Fisher. So the CDC has issued an urgent health warning over a salmonella outbreak linked to cookie dough sold at pizza takeout chain that is uh, goes by the name Papa Murphy's. It uh, there have been twelve reported eating uh, food from. Papa Murphy's. Uh, 14 people are sick. 12 of them, of course, have reported eating at Papa Murphy's. So, the outbreak, Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Utah, California, Missouri. There's been uh, 6 in Washington, 4 in Oregon, 4 in Idaho, 2 in Utah, 1 in California, and 1 in Missouri. So, if you have cookie dough, ...from Papa Murphy's... ...who owns 1,100 stores across the U.S. Um, you may get sick. So... ...they want you to throw it away. I would say I'll return it... ...at the place of purchase. Get your money back anyway. <laughs> and if you've already eaten it... ...and you're not sick... Eh, ...you're fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you don't want any of that salmonella anyway. It infects more than 1.3 million people... ...every year leading to 26,500 hospitalizations and 420 deaths. There are 2,000 strains of salmonella. (laughs) Uh, Sure, it only primarily impacts the intestinal tract, occasionally the blood, causing a little diarrhea, fever, chills, abdominal discomfort, and vomiting. So if you or someone you love has some papa murphy's cookie dough i would say don't eat it and that from me is saying a lot welcome welcome to chewing the fat congratulations to the united states of america United States continues to be home to the world's top supercomputer for the second consecutive year. Yeah, we're number one. The Oak Ridge National Laboratory's Frontier Facility, ranking number one in the semi-annual list of the world's 500 most powerful systems. Japan's Fugaku system, which held the top spot in the past, remains at number two. Uh, Beyond leading the list, the frontier system, powered by Intel rival chip maker AMD, continues to qualify as the first and only true exascale computing platform capable of performing a billion billion operations per second. Performing a billion billion operations per second. That's... Uh, Seems to be pretty fast. The computing power of the system is also believed to be comparable to that of the human brain. The Frontier system has improved by 17% in performance since first entering the list. (laughs) Uh, Now reaching 1.194 exaflops up from 1.02 exaflops, a measure of performance for supercomputers. AMD currently powers four of the top ten supercomputers, while Intel and IBM power two apiece. So, man, do you want those exaflops. And uh, good news, the Oak Ridge National Laboratory's Frontier Facility is full of exaflops, and we are ranking number one here in the United States of America. Now, that doesn't change the fact that we are on the uh, Hank's 2022 Misery Index, the latest Misery Index list. I know it's 2023, don't they? Doesn't Hank know that? But I guess not. Uh, (laughs) So we have 157 countries, and uh, which ones are the most miserable? Now, the United States out of the 157 ranks 134th. Uh, Great Britain ranks 129th all right well congratulations uh, to them uh you know t- to us and to them now the top 10 most miserable countries uh we'll start at number 10 uh turkey uh, congratulations to turkey uh number nine cuba oh man i was just gonna get a just going to get a summer place there uh number eight ukraine i'm sure that's gone up the list now that we've got the war going on we've got yemen at number seven argentina number six sudan number five lebanon number four wow syria number three what do those countries all have in common huh yemen Sudan, Lebanon, Syria. Hmm. I wonder what they have in common. I I don't know. Uh, Number two, Venezuela. And coming in at number one, the most miserable country on the planet, Zimbabwe. Yes, congratulations to Zimbabwe. Now, I know if you're in Guam right now, you are probably feeling pretty miserable. Now, I know Guam is part of indonesia so indonesia on this list is on 108th but i'm sure it's moved up after today because typhoon mawar uh has hit the island territory of guam with the force of a category four hurricane most po- powerful storm to strike uh, the u.s pacific territory in over two decades so it's a u.s pacific territory i thought it was part of Indonesia, anyway, Guam, and so it may actually capsize. Uh, the system is expected to bring a yeah, storm surge six to ten feet. Uh, some of the footage coming out of there will not be pretty. I mean, you're getting a Cat Four hurricane typhoon, and uh, so about 140 mile an hour winds, a lot of rain. <laughs> oh boy! So uh, I, according to this, uh, the population is uh, 150 thousand people. And that's i guess that probably counts the we have military bases there which is where we get the concerned about it capsizing all residents were told to evacuate and get to concrete structures and higher ground and of course joe biden also approved an emergency declaration uh, ordering federal assistance of course in response to the typhoon now mawar is the strongest storm to impact Guam since, and I don't remember this, Super Typhoon pangsana in 2002. That caused more than $700 million in damage at the time. So there's going to be some damage. <laughs> uh, there's going to be some damage in the old Guam. Might actually impact some of the money we were going to send to Ukraine. Uh, I don't know that, though. I mean, heaven forbid that were to happen. So we just may end up printing some more. But let's uh, hope everyone in uh, Guam is uh, safe and can stay alive. But we know that uh, if you were to ask them tomorrow, uh, would they be higher on the list than 108 on the misery index? You bet. And I don't know how much uh, the typhoon will affect travel out there in the Pacific, but we've got uh, you know uh, the eruption of Mexico's uh, Popocatépetl volcano. I think that's how you say it. Popacatapedal. Yeah <laughs> Yeah. That's uh, that's what I said. Uh Mexico's Pope Catapedal. volcano uh, led to uh cancellations of flights from Mexico Cities, two largest airports, over the weekend. I think some of the volcanic ash is still causing some problems. Uh yeah, I mean the ash is an impediment to uh visibility. And apparently when you're flying an airplane you need that visibility. I know. I'm not a pilot. I'm just saying that's what they say. <laughs> so if you're out there still having issues uh, flying around, uh, you know, the southwestern United States and Mexico City uh, and Mexico, uh, it's probably because of Catapedal. Yeah, that uh, that eruption. So and and of course we're having issues with uh, the smoke from wildfires. Uh, the Canadian uh, countryside is on fire. That's threatening air quality across the northwestern states. Uh, smoke is wafting down from uh, from Alberta, leading to health advisories for individuals in Colorado, Idaho, Montana, Utah. So you're breathing that, and then you're breathing ash air from... Popocata So, just be careful out there. Alright, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink. Desperately. <laughs> you know, I've been kind of thinking about giving up soda. I'm kind of tired of it uh i know it's just me i was thinking out loud since we're in the break room and i was getting something cold to drink which was uh water and a soda but i'm kind of i'm almost i'm over sodas i think i think i'm gonna give them up really tired of them tired of spending the money on them tired of the keep hearing uh you know I, i don't know i'm just i'm thinking i'm thinking about it i'm not doing it yet i'm not telling you to i would never tell you to but i'm just uh what I'm thinking about I'm just thinking about it. I wanted to let you know that I'm thinking about it now you can email me chewing dot com let you know what uh, let me know what you what you think about that obviously you can email the show about anything chewing dot com it's fine but uh specifically you can talk about uh, you know giving up soda so I'm thinking about it I am it's on the table <laughs> it's on the table of my mental Negotiation of what to drink. That's all. And you can follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. Speaking of Twitter, I see where uh, Ron DeSantis is going to do the official announcement that he's running for president on Twitter. And weird that they're doing Twitter Spaces. It's just that Twitter, you know, has video up and running now, and they've Elon's really been promoting that. But we're going to do Spaces now. Elon's not interviewing. I know originally it was, oh, Elon is going to interview Ron DeSantis. No, uh it's going to be hosted by David Sachs, a technology executive who is close to Musk and a DeSantis supporter, obviously. But he's going to announce uh, on Twitter, Twitter Spaces. And if you're listening today, today is uh May 24th, 2023. So if you're listening live, this is going to happen today at 6 p.m. Eastern on uh, Twitter. And so we'll see. It's interesting. And then he's going to go on TV and do it on Fox. And then he's going to do some big, uh, some big Memorial Day weekend push around the country talking about his presidency. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm a fan of Ron DeSantis. He uh, And he's done great things in Florida, that's for sure. Despite what some other Republican nominees uh, have uh, have, uh, said, he's done a heck of a job in Florida and has been doing a heck of a job in Florida. So he's going to be tough to beat. Uh, It's interesting that he's doing it on Spaces. Anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at jeffy jfr instagram and facebook is jeff fisher radio you can uh follow me there anytime you can follow me on youtube uh jeff fisher uh chewing the fat with jeff fisher you can order a cameo from me uh at jeffy jfr um uh, that's not free uh cameo is my pimp but uh you just tell uh, tell me uh, whether you want me to be happy sad glad mad mean and i will do it because like i said cameo is my pimp And uh, when they, when it comes through, (laughs) I just do it like a good hooker does. All right. Oh, hey, good news uh, for those of you that have a Netflix account and share it with other family members. Uh, Netflix is now coming down for you. They're coming after you. We've talked about it uh, multiple times that they started it uh, doing it in other countries, and they just kind of gave everybody a heads up here in the U.S. Well, it's official. They are now uh, coming after you. And uh, they you can... Uh, your primary account holders can add outside users for 7.99 a month. That's nice of them. That's nice of them. <laughs> that's just, that just silly, but that's what they're doing. I don't think, uh, look, if they're hurting for subscribers here in the U.S., I don't think that's going to save you. Maybe you need to take a look at your content. That seems to be happening to other companies around the world, uh, well, especially here in the U.S., that uh, perhaps... Uh, your woke plan really isn't holding water here in the United States. That's just me thinking off the top of my head. There's been some, there's been some companies. Uh, Bud Light, Target comes to mind. Disney comes to mind. Uh, their new film, uh, The Little Mermaid, with Haley Bailey as the main character, Ariel. Uh, who is African-American, and they switched the race on Ariel. Like, here in America, I don't think it will matter. But in China, ooh, not doing good. Uh, The film is like the worst performing Chinese release of the year. It's only earned $13,000 in pre-sales. Wow. So, not too crazy about it. Plus, uh, the difference in posters in China doesn't allow them to see that Ariel is African-American and, uh, really strange, uh, really strange. So perhaps maybe Netflix can take a look on the inside and maybe try to make a difference that way. But eh, what do I know? I mean, some companies are going to continue on. I saw the story where Uber has suspended their diversity chief, Over don't call me Karen events. So they're not, I mean, there's nothing learned there. Uh, Bo Young Lee faced criticism for Zoom sessions that focused on white women's experience of Karen stereotype of entitlement. Yeah, uh, no, we're not having any of that. That cannot be, that cannot happen. Uh, They suspended, uh, what's her name again? Oh, yeah, Bo Young Lee. <laughs> She's the head of diversity, equity, and, and inclusion. After black and Hispanic employees, this is Uber now, complained about the workplace events she moderated that uh, explored the Don't Call Me Karen. Bo Young Lee has been there for five years. Wow, and the company said, yeah, you know, you need to just go ahead and take a leave of absence. We're going to work out the next steps wow <laughs> okay <laughs> uh it's amazing one of the employees in, as they talk about this story uh, that happened uh, one staffer an african-american staffer argued that diversity sessions should not include tone-deaf offensive and triggering conversations Wait, isn't that what it's supposed to be? Uh, Lee is reported, and the answer to that is no. Lee is reported to have replied, sometimes being pushed out of your own strategic ignorance is the right thing to do. I agree with that 100%. However, the company and its employees do not. (laughs) So, she's out. Have a nice day. And don't be coming around here with your idea that sometimes... We need to be pushed out of our own strategic ignorance as being the right thing to do because it is not the right thing to do. I mean, it is, but it isn't. I mean, you you know what I'm saying. So have you ever typed anything on one of your social media accounts and said, oh, I shouldn't have hit send. I wish I could edit the messages. Well, WhatsApp now has granted users one of its most awaited features. Yes, you can edit your messages on WhatsApp, up to 15 minutes after hitting send. That's, uh, that's kind of cool. I kind of like that idea. However, uh, and I, I like this even better because I would say, well, if you are able to edit like that, it should say that you edited it. And yes, the message will carry the label edited without showing edit history. So, I mean, I I get that, I guess. Although it'd be nice to see the edited the version before you edited it but you know okay that's that's nice that's fine i know that you know other apps still you know allow users to edit messages And Twitter had rolled out uh, some select users, of which I was not one, the ability to edit tweets. But uh, you should be able to edit instead of having to delete and go back and change. And then if you delete and somebody screenshots, it's like, what an idiot, you you, you changed it, you just deleted it. Well, yeah, because I didn't want it to say what it said. So I I, I like the idea of being able to edit and then... uh, you know have if it has to show that it's been edited fine it's been edited but i changed it to what i wanted to really say okay all right let's leave me alone on that so good for whatsapp you know we talked about uh Uh, Kurt Cobain a little bit I I talked a little bit about this on uh, my Chewing the Fat segment today on Pat Gray Unleashed uh, I'm part of that show uh, on Wednesdays and Fridays and I do a specific Chewing the Fat segment on Wednesdays and I talked about how the uh, Kurt Cobain smashed Stratocaster sold at auction and uh, it smashed uh, he smashed it when they were making their nevermind album in the 90s now it's reassembled but unplayable it's got signatures from uh, all the members of nirvana uh, along with an inscription by cobain addressed to the late screaming trees lead singer mark Lanigan, who doesn't love the screaming trees and uh, according to uh, the auction house, Cobain gave the guitar to Lanigan during Nirvana's Nevermind tour in 1992. Hey, you know what? You guys are so great. Here, have a broken guitar of mine. <laughs> but he got it. So it was expected to sell for sixty to $80,000. Okay? It sold for $595,900. A guitar that can't be played. It's got plenty of inscriptions by Kurt. And, uh, you know, I got it. He gave it away to guests It's got a great story. For $595,900. That's an awful lot of money. They also auctioned off the handwritten set list from the band's Smells Like Teen Spirit debut performance in 1991. That sold for... I'm sorry $50,800 the Smells Like Teen Spirit Debut Performance Set List (laughs) it's handwritten though so it's well worth the almost $51,000 and I remember a couple years ago I'd forgotten about this uh, a couple years ago the um, acoustic guitar played by uh Cobain or his guitar that he played during the MTV Unplugged event in 1993 and that was just five months before his death Uh, he sold that was sold two years, I'm sorry I started thinking about a Kurt Cobain joke (laughs) So I tell you, I'll tell you what that sold for. But then I got to tell you the Kurt Cobain joke, and you're just gonna have to live with it. So the uh, guitar that he played for the MTV unplugged uh version in 1993—that was five months before his death—that sold two years ago for six million dollars, six million bucks for that guitar. Holy cow! And what I was thinking—I'm sorry—I was just thinking about a really bad Kurt Cobain joke. Okay. So I'm going to tell you this joke and just know that it's a joke and it's just a joke, okay? (laughs) So what color was Kurt Cobain's eyes? They were blue. One blue that way and the other blue that way. All right, just... (laughs) Ah, <laughs> oh, just now this stuff So it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm, uh, well, not now, but it was at the time that I was reading this story and it's three o'clock in the morning, I'm drinking my coffee and I'm just looking at stories. I'm getting ready to go in to, uh, do Pat leash, as I talked about earlier. And I see the story about vintage hygiene tips that are no longer acceptable. Okay, you got me. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and click on it. I'm gonna go ahead and read. I want to know what some of the vintage hygiene tips that people used in the past that are just no longer acceptable. So, entire families reused the same bath water. Now, I think that still happens with kids, right? I mean, you wash your if you have multiple young kids, of course you give them a bath in the same bath water. Uh, according to this, in the Middle Ages, bathing was emphasized by Christianity as a way to show off your cleanliness. The upper class could afford to heat a bathtub of water every night. The lower class t- could not. So families would instead end up sharing the same bathwater. And they often bathed from the oldest to the youngest. So if you were the baby, you ended up with, uh, you know... <laughs> The nastiness of the end. (laughs) Uh, That's awesome. Uh, The king. The king had his own butt wiper. All right, so who doesn't want that? (laughs) So it was called the groom of the stool. It was a position in the English court whose job was to wipe the king's butt. And uh, while it sounds, even in this story, it says, while it sounds disgusting, hey, it came with its privileges. Yeah, you were the king's butt wiper, man. You were the groom of the stool. (laughs) That's a a good gig. So, I mean, according to this, uh, you know, the groom of the stool would become the most intimate and trusted hands of the English king. Well, yeah, I mean, hello. He was often the confidant of the king and knew some of the most scandalous royal secrets. Yeah, like, ooh, king, you need to get somebody to take a look at that. (laughs) Uh, That thing, that should not be like that. Uh, That should not look like that. (laughs) Uh, Everybody, you know, the funny thing is when everybody talks about reincarnation and what they used to be before they came back to now nobody ever remembers being the groom of the stool i remember being the king but nobody who ever remembers yeah i i used to be the groom of the stool (laughs) nobody nobody recalls that anyway so egyptian women used crocodile dung as a contraceptive huh so women have tried a lot of things over the years to prevent unwanted pregnancies But ancient Egyptians uh, used to use crocodile dung. So the scrolls that date back to 1850 BC show that women were taking crocodile dung, turning it into small pellets, and inserting it into their woman part. And uh, according to today's world, uh, that may have been not a bad thing. Uh, crocodile poop has a similar makeup as alkaline and other modern-day spermicides, huh? So they were onto something. They were onto something. Noble women painted their faces with lead. Here we go. I'm telling you, this hygiene stuff. Just I'm it's three o'clock in the morning. What am I gonna do? I'm reading. Could I read other news stories? Absolutely. Could I finish my coffee and just continue reading hygiene of the past? You bet. Uh, while having sun-kissed skin is all the rage today of course everybody wants to you know be tan. uh no. uh before it was uh, being pale was much more fashionable so um noble women and men would paint their faces white to look even fairer uh but that's an issue because the white paint was made of pure lead and that was poisonous and would eat away at the wearer's skin then they'd have to wear more makeup and the vicious cycle continued so that was the beginning of three cuts to clown face (laughs) i've got to keep putting more paint on my face because it's eating my skin away Ooh, fashion in the 19th century wasn't about looking good it was about being practical and saving money only the upper class had a different outfit for every day. The rest of society had to make do with one outfit for an entire season, and yes, uh, the same rule applied to undergarments. So you're wearing the same thing for a whole season. Oof. Clothes might not get washed uh, once every few weeks, maybe, and you might get a uh, you know you might get a different outfit if you had to go somewhere formal. But other than that, you're wearing the same thing. Wow. In the early 20th century, most shoe polishes that were made with an ingredient called nitrobenzene uh, and it had the incredible ability to make shoes extra shiny and slick. Uh, But it also would uh, make you faint uh, if you inhaled the toxins uh, because it was a poison. So, hey, aren't my shoes... Oh, hey, hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm not sure that everyone was smelling their shoes, but you definitely smelled it when you opened up the package mixing the old (laughs) nitrobenzene with alcohol. Oh, so wait a minute. Infrequent fainting wasn't dangerous enough. Mixing nitrobenzene with alcohol was practically a death sentence. Even modern shoe polish could be deadly if it's ingested in high quantities. Okay, I'm going to go on record, and this is just me throwing it out there. I have never eaten shoe polish. Uh, Have I eaten some glue, maybe? Yeah, maybe. When I was younger, there used to be a girl in my kindergarten class that would eat glue, so maybe I was eating glue with her a little bit. But I've never eaten shoe polish. I'm not sure why you would want to mix alcohol with shoe polish, but those, (laughs) I mean, maybe, maybe one would say, you know what, it's kind of the thinning of the herd. If you're gonna mix shoe polish with alcohol you know maybe we don't need you around the chinese were the first to use paper just stop it don't look at me like that i'm just saying i don't want people to die but if they were doing that so be it the chinese were the first to use paper for sanitary purposes So widespread use of toilet paper didn't even occur until 1857. Before that, uh, people were using leaves, rags, a wet cloth on a stick, or even their hands. I don't know, that makes me a little nervous, being the uh, groom of the stool. I, I don't know what the groom of the stool was using to wipe the king's butt. It could have been any number of things, including the old groom of the stool's hand, which would not uh, would, would make the job a little bit worse than it already is. Now, this is about the time that I'm thinking, how long is this hygiene list? But we continue. Uh, hair care was awful. To achieve trendy hairstyles in the 20s, women uh, destroyed their hair health. Uh, ladies began experimenting by making their own curling iron using round iron shafts with wood handles heated over coals Uh, there was no temperature control and women's hair would be burned they used to use a petroleum jelly to design their curls which smelled like glue so that sure was great urine was a popular face wash Lysol was originally a feminine hygiene product. (laughs) Um, Before wooden carved teeth became the standard in dentures, anyone looking for a new set of teeth had to find someone who didn't need theirs anymore. So, hey, Joe had some pretty good teeth. Is he dead yet? (laughs) <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go ahead and pull his teeth out cause I want them for me. Balding men would rub chicken poop on their head. Oh, that does not sound like a good thing to do. Snail slime was a sore throat solution. That still may work. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I know we're supposed to have a, you know hot tea and all that kind of thing, but you get yourself a you get yourself some snail slime, man. Uh, Your throat's going to be a lot better. Uh, Dying people turned their body into edible medicine. No thank you. The process of mellification was an old Arabic process that consisted of a dying person turning their body into a mummified candy bar for the living to eat. It began when the person was still alive. All good. Uh, They would decide to donate their body and begin an all-honey diet. After their death, the body is placed in a stone coffin filled with honey for up to a century. Interesting. Eventually, the mellified man was unearthed and consumed by the living as a treatment for several ailments. The process was so popular that people in the 16th century China also began doing it. Oh, that's interesting. I'm surprised that doesn't still happen today. So you decide you're going to do it. You go on an all-honey diet that kills you and then you're placed into a coffin with honey for up to a century up to a hundred years and then we pull you out and eat you <laughs> okay and that's supposed to be a treatment for several ailments okay alright you got me you got me there's toothpaste uh, using urine as a mouthwash no thank you uh, um, People didn't wash their clothes during winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got all that. Body hair. uh, I don't care about that. Radium was used to battle gray hair. Beaver parts were considered birth control. I mean, that's what they were using the gator dung for, right? Or the crocodile dung. And so now we're using gator parts for birth control as well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't, uh, you know. No, thank you. I don't want to do any of that. Uh, Smells like beaver. Could be, though, where we get the term beaver from does that say that in here um if you thought of using reptile dung was gross and you definitely won't enjoy this in the 16th century male beavers special parts were taken and turned into a birth control potion women then drank this potion and were supposedly protected from getting pregnant we're going to go ahead and guess that this didn't work since it's not something still used today and let's be thankful for that it doesn't say that that's where the term Beaver came from, but I bet it is. I know there's plenty of times when we think we're reverting back to caveman days, but we really aren't. Although there's plenty of people that want us to, we haven't yet, and we're not using we're not using an alligator dung for birth control. We're not using beaver parts for birth control, and we're not uh, eating shoe polish. At least I don't think we are. And as far as I know, King Chuck doesn't have a Groom of the Stool, but it wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me. I mean, you could maybe make the case that Queen Camilla is today's version of the Groom of the Stool. I don't know that, though. I'm just, just guessing. So who died today? Who died today? The man that had the world's longest nose has died suddenly at the age of 75. Although they do tell us uh, at least some of what killed my man. Uh, He's from Turkey and his name is Mehmet Ozurek. I think that's how you pronounce it, right? Mehmet Ozurek. Yeah, that's what I said. Memet Ozurek. Thank you. He's 75. He uh, had a special feature: is a record longest nose. <laughs> uh, Guinness World Book of Record actually longest nose. He also claimed that his sense of smell was different to others. According to media reports, the uh, the uh, record breaker. Memet Ozurek fell ill last week and suffered a heart attack before he was due to undergo brain surgery. So, he was, uh, he was struggling. So, uh, he had the world's longest nose. It was 3.46 inches from the bridge to the tip. And he was measured uh, multiple times and he was, uh, he was untouchable in the Guinness World Book of Records. So, rest in peace never you wreck. Right. dead at the age of 75 now it doesn't say in this obituary who takes over the new title of the world's longest nose but I'm sure we'll find out soon enough okay so we can talk about some sports I mean we can talk about the NBA uh, you know the Boston Celtics uh, beat Miami so they're down 3 to 1 still Miami uh game uh you know they're looking to get the game 5 at the NBA Eastern Conference Finals. Denver has already eliminated LA in a sweep. Oof. LeBron shut down hard. We can talk about uh hockey. Uh the Vegas Golden Knights cruise past the Dallas Stars. Uh they lead 3-0 in the NHL Western Conference Finals. You've got the Panthers leading the Hurricanes. Uh, in the in the East, and then we have Tom Brady, uh, who's purchasing an ownership stake in the NFL's Las Vegas Raiders. Wow! So Tom is going to own part of the Raiders. He also owns part of the Las Vegas WNBA team. He's uh, invested in pickleball. So Tom is doing some uh, some purchasing some purchasing of some uh, professional sports leagues. So good luck to Mr. Brady and his uh, ownership stake of the Las Vegas Raiders. I think he's still the international ambassador for the NFL and he's supposed to start announcing. I I, I bet that doesn't happen. I'm just saying, I'm, I'm guessing that his NFL broadcasting career probably doesn't happen he probably says no you know what I can't do that I own part of the Raiders now uh, what I will do is the ambassadorship to Europe and we'll continue to uh, you know grow the NFL in Europe and I've got all these these other businesses that I'm doing I don't need the broadcasting deal sorry and uh, I'm sure that there are other announcers out there that will be very happy to hear that we could talk all about that but all I want to think about really is <laughs> Uh, the groom of the stool position, uh, the king's butt wiper. I mean, it does give a whole new outlook. on. If you watch the Game of Thrones, uh, the the right hand man of the king, so to speak, was the hand of the king. So are we to believe that the hand of the king in Game of Thrones was actually the groom of the stool? I, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I can't stop thinking about the groom of the stool. And uh, I don't know that I want one, but I feel like, well, we'll just leave it there. (laughs) There's a number of things that has to happen in my life before I reach a point of legitimately thinking about, you know, I think I need to put an ad out, maybe on Craigslist, I need a groom of the stool. You know you're going to get a reply. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.